Augmenters. Today, we are incredibly lucky to have our neighbor from the north, Alice Lamb, hailing from Calgary, Canada. And Julie, you knew Alice, who's now a force, uh, but you knew Alice back when, as, you, as they say. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is such an exciting conversation for me. I knew Alice back when she was just fresh in New York, really finding her footing. And over time, I've just seen her really evolve into this incredible leader in the volunteering space. And I think something that you and I have been thinking and talking more about, especially related to mentoring, is that as you and I are both people who volunteer, we do all different kinds of food delivery and, you know, a variety of different things and how that really ladders into our well-being as a volunteer and also how mentoring fits into it too. So I thought of somebody great to talk to about volunteering. I thought of Alice, but I had absolutely no idea all the things she's up to. It's so cool. And what an amazing leader. It's Volunteer leadership is so different than executive leadership where you're literally compensating people to show up. So Alice's ability, I mean, I would love to have even half of the skills that she has in being able to give people a vision and a real you know, desire and energy around a common goal where you are donating your time just for the, the ability to basically feel good about something to communicate uh, or communicate and be part of these communities. And I, I want to read uh, something that Alice wrote about herself. I can understand why people are drawn to Alice and her vision because she writes so clearly that she says, I am passionate about community building through volunteerism. I love empowering individuals to give back and to start projects that make our city strong, resilient, and inclusive. It's a direct quote from Alice. She's not trying to do this through capitalism. She's trying to do this through volunteering, like true community building. It's such a powerful force. And oh my gosh, 100%. And I love what she kept talking about, which was she is doing this so that others can take it from her. You know, she is the leader and wants to kind of get things kicked off. But her goal is for everybody to be a leader in this space, uh, and which is true servant leadership. So I think she's just a mentor to me, just even hearing her story. I think everybody is going to really enjoy this and be inspired. I mean, honestly, you and I are entrepreneurs, but I think she kind of yeah, Alice is incredible entrepreneur. And, you know, if, if we had the ability to give out medals, we would definitely give her a very special medal for all of her uh, volunteering and mentoring she gives to others. Uh, obviously, you and I are, are uh, fanning out at uh, her her partner, Mackenzie Boyd Clothes, you will hear us mention at the beginning of our discussion because he just won a bronze medal in the freaking Olympics. What? It's so cool. I, I, I'm still smiling thinking about him like, wait, did Julie and I just talk to somebody who like knows somebody got a medal in the Olympics? Like, wow. The next day. It was the next day after the winning. It was incredible. But we definitely give Alice the gold medal in mentoring, volunteering, um, and just being awesome. So we're excited to share this episode with you. And here we go. Oh my gosh. So great to have you on our podcast with Augmenters today. Thank you so much. How are you doing? Oh my gosh. So good. It's sunshiny days here in Canada, which is nice. It was snowing and minus 30 for a while. So it's horrible. Happy to be in the sunlight with you guys. So, so, so the big question I have for you, Alice, is can you feel the shimmer of victory 
uh, a bronze medal all the way across the Pacific to Calgary. I'm, I'm still glowing just uh, hearing the story about you. I know. Life. It's like bronze medal by association or like six degrees of separation or whatever. It's amazing. Like, yeah, I keep, I keep like not wanting to brag about it, but then I pepper it into every conversation. It's cool. Like, it's cool to know somebody who got a medal at the Olympics. Not me. My partner did, but still super cool. I mean, I feel cool that I know somebody who knows somebody that got a medal at the Olympics. <laughs> so we have to give give a specific name, date, time. What happened? Yeah, he got uh, bronze in mixed uh, team ski jumping at the Beijing Olympics. And so, yeah, that was really cool. I think I forget the date. It's like a blur now, but... I remember waking up because it's at four in the morning our time. So I wasn't awake watching the competitions. And I get a text that's just like, hey, so are you an Olympian now by association? And I was like, what happened? And I checked the standings. And of course, they got bronze, which is like so cool and so emotional for them. They work so hard. It's like the underdog of underdog teams in the world of ski jumping. So, yeah. Go Canada. Go Canada. <laughs> well, and this is a great transition into our conversation. And Alice, you and I uh, had met uh, several years back when you were living in New York, and we had an opportunity to spend some time together. And I have loved seeing your journey uh, around what you've done since you left New York in Canada. Could you give us a little bit of, of a quick overview? Yeah. So when I was in New York working in the same co-working space as Julie, I was doing, I was working in marketing and communications for universities for a consulting company called the Brown White Group. And then I moved back to Calgary. And a lot of what we're talking about today was actually inspired in New York because when I was in New York trying to kind of find my place in my community, I started volunteering for a group called New York Cares. And so they just made volunteering so easy. And I was like, oh man, we need something like that in Canada. Like we, it's so annoying to volunteer there. And um, when I moved back, you know, there was just nothing like it that existed. And so eventually one conversation after another and a lot of mentorship and a lot of help, um, we developed a website called volleyapp.com. And it's basically, you know, the idea was Tinder for volunteering, right? Like swipe through and find volunteer opportunities. And then that eventually evolved during the pandemic to being more of an events focused. You know, we started planning more of our own volunteering gigs. And through that, it evolved to starting a Calgary community fridge, which you guys have in Brooklyn and New York and stuff like that. And that turned into now our social enterprise, which is a 6,000 square foot thrift store called Good Neighbor. And so it's really exploded, but all of it is nonprofit and all volunteer run. And so um, it's pretty neat to be able to kind of disrupt the real estate industry because that's what I do for my day job now is I work in commercial real estate. And so um, I manage like 26 shopping centers in Calgary. So that's my that's my normal job, I guess. So all this volunteer work you do on the side. Yeah, everything's on the side. So you guys saw me in my car earlier at the sculpture park. I sit on the board there. So that's totally just like volunteer work. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you must have a motor. That's amazing. Yeah, that you are. I know. Do you drink a lot of coffee, Alice? I can't remember. No, I actually don't drink any coffee because um, it makes me anxious. Yeah. <laughs> And I sleep. Everybody always asks like, oh, well, you probably never sleep because you're working through the night. And I'm like, no, I sleep. I have to sleep like eight hours minimum a night. And um, yeah, I quit sugar like, well, quit, you know, and off sugar. And so that's kind of I think I feel like that actually made a huge difference on my energy mm -hmm. levels and stuff like that. Um, 
but yeah, I, I think it is just like, everybody has like a gift and mine is just like, if I, you know, you find your passion, you have unlimited energy and time for it. Right. So. I think we would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a line I've been uh, throwing out a lot recently, which is like there, if you love what you're doing, there's no burnout. You know, yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think that it fits with this, the theme of this podcast is like, I wouldn't be able to do half the stuff I do today if it wasn't for me mentoring others to become leaders, you know, because if you're the guy holding the keys to everything and gatekeeping and all that stuff, the ideas die with you. And for me, like, it's really about building community and making sure things last beyond me. You know, what if I move away one day? Like, I still want the community to thrive and be able to come back and visit, you know, and be like, wow, all these people that I used to know and helped are doing cool things. Like, that's amazing. That's the legacy. You know, it doesn't have to like end with me. Like, I don't want a plaque on the wall with my name on it. I'd rather just see cool stuff happen. Not a gold medal. Oh, well, the bronze will do. <laughs> That's so, oh my gosh, I'm so inspired. I actually thought that this was work that you were doing that was your main job because it feels like it's so much. No. And that's wonderful that that is yeah. your, yeah, your side work as well. Incredible. <laughs> I would love to hear about your mentoring journey, Alice. Like, are there mentors that you had that really inspired you to get to where you are today? Absolutely. And I think at the time, like while I was young, I've always kind of been lucky to have these folks who were in leadership positions, like whether they were the owners of the company or they were, you know, my manager or whatever, um, that always were very keen to share and to make sure that I was able to ask questions, you know, be able to fail. Um, some were harsher than others, but it was still, I think, reflecting back on my journey now and my leadership style it was like well for the people that it didn't really you know I didn't really get along with it was like teaching me how I didn't want to be a leader you know like learning the skill sets of what are the traits that don't work for me and we call them anti-mentors anti-mentors is a great term yeah and instead of kind of cowering and resisting and being like resentful about it it's just like I saw it as an, a learning opportunity of course, I had to do it like five years later, you know, reflecting back and being introspective and stuff like that. But each person, um, you know, my first internship when I was 17 in college, like he was super entrepreneurial, um, had a huge heart, was really charitable, but then was like just the worst boss ever, you know? So that's that's kind of the give, you know, but with him, I was able to learn about social enterprises. And I was able to learn about companies not only doing stuff for profit, but also this whole other side, you know, charity passion business, right? And so that was really important for me. And Megan, for sure, was a huge mentor to me. Like she is, she talked about like female empowerment and diversity and stuff before that they were buzzwords, right? Like it was really she um and has she watching her build her other businesses has been so impressive and julie of course watching you grow you well global like ever making slides for you and now it's like this cool huge thing like um i think the most important thing that i really or makes the relationship between mentor and mentee work is just a lot of trust and a lot of mutual respect not only that i'm learning something from the mentor but the mentor also feels like they're learning something from the mentee you know um in my work world, I'm really lucky to be able to have um, uh, the owners of the company. It's a relatively small company. It's like myself, um, the two partners who run the company are controller, and then we have some like administrative staff. And so it's a relatively tight core team. And when I joined the company, 
I was kind of like, I have to still be able to volunteer like this because I was consulting and I had such a flexible schedule and they were just like, I get it. That's important to you. We're going to make that happen. Like so many companies that you see, like the Googles or the Amazons of the world where it's like our culture, you can volunteer, you know, do whatever you want. Like, but it's not real because the work never stops. And so in this company, it was like the balance is really good. And that's why I can do all the other side projects. That's amazing. So it's really supported within your organization. Absolutely. Yeah. Where do you think that some of your like managers and people you work with now, like uh, where do you think they got that idea to really say, Hey, like we, like if you have something you want to chase down, we want to support you. Well, I think with my current bosses, it was out of necessity. It was like, if you want me, this is like, what's going to have to happen. Right. Like it was kind of, I was kind of tired of at that point working, um, under other people's rule, you know, it just, it didn't work. I knew what I needed for my mental health. And I think that that's really important too, is, um, when I'm talking to people who are not even just younger, cause you have mentees of different ages, right? Like it's just based on experience and networking and things like that. But I always try to understand from them, like what would make this work best for you? You know, cause we don't have to follow the same kind of model of like mentor mentee relationship or timing or goals and objectives. Like what I care about, it may be completely different from what you care about, but it doesn't mean that there can't be a mutually beneficial kind of relationship. And so, um, a need, you know, just realizing that this person is ambitious and has goals and also has boundaries, I think is really important in being respectful of that. And also for me to have the voice to really articulate that to my mentors as well. It wasn't always the case. And it's definitely something that you learn, right? It's hard to push for what you want. Um, it's something that more, you know, as we're in the realm of self-care and, you know, mental health and stuff like that, it's something that everybody's really trying to do. And so I've been grateful to have receptive people in my life that have really shown the mutual respect. And I think that's what encourages me to show it to others as well. Um, and also to always remind myself that I don't have all the answers and I'm not the smartest person in the room. Like that's super important because I don't ever want ego to be in the way of, to get in the way of pure like mentorship, you know, like I want it to be just as collaborative as possible. And really sharing, right. And really connecting with what the needs on both sides. I love Absolutely. that because sometimes mm -hmm. mentors are kind of bending themselves over backwards to meet and then the mentees are bending themselves over backwards. So how do you create that mutually beneficial? I love that. And it actually makes me think so much um, something we've been talking a ton about as everybody else has been too, is the idea around well-being. And obviously the work that I do with Equal Global and the work that Jimmy had done obviously previously with um, his work was around obviously physical health with nutrition and what have you, but obviously we're seeing more and more now how it's super comprehensive. And one area that we've really been thinking about is of course those personal connections and that volunteering is very much a way towards personal well-being and fulfillment. Absolutely. We'd love to hear your, how you came to be so passionate about volunteering <laughs> and how you got to be doing all of these incredible <laughs> social enterprises around there. And then, yeah, maybe how even volunteering connects to well-being, and then we can chat a little bit about mentoring from there. Absolutely. I started volunteering, you know, out of need as like a kid in high school needing to get into college. I think everybody wants to pack their resume. I needed it to get a job, you know, because um, nobody wants to hire a 15-year-old with no experience. And it was through volunteering that I just so happened to be, you know, attend a reading class at the library. It was just like read with kids. And I had no idea that it was circled around immigrant children. And so being a child of refugees myself, being having been in that position of being 
low income with no village support, you know, like no family, um, parents, zero education, right? Like we were the first generation in my family to go to school really. And so going there and seeing the impact that me as a 15 year old who was angsty and, you know, mad at the world and being like, Oh wait, I'm contributing something here. Like I'm helping these kids not only learn to read because that's just like the what part of it, but the entire holistic aspect of it is like they have people to connect to. They're learning about different cultures. They're learning English um, and their parents get to like peer through the window and see their kids connect to people that they normally wouldn't have the chance to connect with. And so it it also helps that I was Chinese and could speak, you know, um, a similar language with them. It wasn't a necessity, but it was a bonus. And that's when I really started to say, oh, all the things that I kind of resented growing up in like a mostly Caucasian, like wealthy kind of environment and me being the poor Asian kid in the school, like now I see as like my superpower. And so the more I volunteered, the more I learned about my community, the more I learned about um, how things really worked in our society, right? About social justice, about how the nonprofit sector works, how um, there's a lot of gaps to be filled and how our current system doesn't really meet all those needs. And so as I went to college, I continued to volunteer with a lot of immigrant serving agencies. I eventually moved to France where I met Megan. She was a consultant at my school. Um, I ended up in New York and it was like, girl, like, you know, small town girl from Canada in a big city, like every cliche possible. I was just like, I want to find my community. Like I obviously had great friends like you and Megan, Laura, things like that. But you know, it was like, I wanted to find out what, you know, New York has, is so entrepreneurial and so creative. Like I just wanted to meet more people. And so I started volunteering with New York cares and it was so awesome to be able to just like sign up and show up. You know, it was that simple. In Canada, you have to do like a police check. You have to do um, resume vetting interviews. Like it's a whole long process just to volunteer for one organization. In New York, it was like one sign up process and then you can volunteer wherever you want. Right. And so through that volunteering, like I learned about so many causes and one that really impacted me was it was a a charity called Children's Promise. And basically it took children from Um, whose parents were incarcerated, right, for really ridiculous reasons, like having a gram of marijuana or whatever, and now they're in prison for life, right? It was that dark period of um, policing. And, you know, I was just so inspired. I thought about, like, the kids back home, you know, and I, we had a, I don't know if, Julie, you remember, but we had a giant flood in Calgary, a hundred-year flood, where the entire Mm -hmm. city flooded. And this was, like, right after Megan's house had burned down. (laughs) Like, you know, it was just, it was like, I was like, I think I need to go home. Like, I think it's time. Like I, but my mom was diagnosed with cancer. Like I just really wanted to be close to my family. And when I went home, um, it was the same thing. I'd been away for seven years. I didn't know how to connect back with my community. I had friends, but none of them were really volunteering. So I went on my journey to try and find volunteer opportunities. And it was like, painstaking it was like watching paint dry it was so hard you know and I was like here I am an educated enthusiastic individual wanting to give you my time for free and yet these nonprofits like don't have the capacity to welcome me I was like what a bunch of wasted time and resources and so um so you just here. fixed it. So you're like, I'm going to change it. Yeah, basically. I was just like, we're, you know, it's like every kind of like, how did you start that? It was just like, there's a problem and, you know, and here's the solution. And so um, I will say from the mentorship perspective, there were a lot of people that I talked to who were very risk averse. And so it's also about finding the right mentorship 
or the right mentor because I really needed somebody who was like a big dreamer and was like, go for it. Like this, you know, like being, you know, talking about risk as well, but just being like, of course you can do it. You can do anything. And that's kind of what I, that's my mentality now. But I had so many no's shut in my face. Like so many people who were just like, don't waste your time with that. Or like, this isn't going to make you any money. Don't bother with it. You know, there was so much of it was um, about monetization because um, Facebook was just taking off Tinder, Uber, blah, blah, blah. You know, everybody was just in this mindset of like, oh, apps mean billions of dollars. So, um, and that's not what we wanted to do at all, right? We wanted to just create a solution. And so eventually, you know, there was definitely that period when I was like, you know what, screw it. Like, I'm not going to go for it. Like, I'll just wait for somebody else to figure this out. And then I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I was really passionate about helping people volunteer because even for myself, I learned so many skills, like learned how to build websites, learned how to Photoshop, learned how to event plan, learn how to do public speaking, right? Like it's just so many positive skill sets that eventually makes me into like this super desirable person to hire too, right? Like for everybody that I meet that's in college and in high school who are like, I'll never find a job or like blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you really should be volunteering because it's like the best form of networking ever because you're meeting people who are in totally different echelons of society. You're meeting people from with different work experiences. And then you all have a shared common passion, you know, whether it's helping animals or, um, the homeless or whatever, you know, food scarcity, like it's all, you have this bond now that puts you together. And so immediately when you're like, oh, well, I'm looking for a job, that person's like, hmm, I've seen this individual volunteer. And I know that it's almost like a little uh, speed dating kind of style, right? Like you get an idea of this person's work ethic and values. And then you're like, well, I'm going to feel confident making a recommendation or making a referral. So that basically happened. Long story short, I ended up at a hackathon where I pitched my idea to a group of 300 like software developers. And then um, a group of them came together and built the first version of our website. And then from that point forward, we spent a year every Wednesday basically building this website. And it was like, I learned a lot about how to do that kind of tech project management stuff. And then, yeah, now we help helped like thousands of people volunteer and lots of people have started their own initiatives, which is really cool to see, which is really important. And so, yeah, that's incredible. That is incredible. I love that. And that's something that um, we had been talking about quite a bit too, is the idea of mentoring as like, you know, we both volunteer. My husband actually, Mm -hmm. it's funny how you're saying that uh, he started volunteering. He still live in Atlanta before he met me. And he just met <laughs> girls, you know, he just went to meet girls. I mean, honestly, he would do like. <laughs> that is like a part. I'm like, maybe Volley should have like a dating part, like function one day, you know, like how many marriages or how many babies from volunteering? Yeah. Luckily, well, so, luckily. So I guess okay. the analogy of the, of the Tinder for volunteering was already taken. You didn't even know it. Alex. Yeah, exactly. At the time, like, yeah, it was meant to be. <laughs> But it's great. Like you said, it's just people who then, you know, they're people, they're obviously people who care or, or they yeah. are just looking for dates, but there are probably other ways, you know, there's many <laughs> other ways to do it. So if this is the, the route you're taking, then, um, then that's great. And then it does, it does just kind of continue. It does continue to add to your well-being, as you're saying, the more you can be able to give back. So that I'm, I'm so impressed, Jimmy. This is amazing. I didn't even know you had done all this stuff, Alice. I oh. <laughs> I'm all floored. You are amazingly entrepreneurial. I mean, the uh, the ability to go out and 
you know, you're just casually talking about, you know, features versus benefits. Like it's not about the what it's really about like all the feelings that people are getting out of it. And then you're talking about, Oh, well, I just tried to like do what I wanted to do. And I found these problems. So identify the problems because I focused on the human and then I solved the problems. Like you're, you're, I mean, when are you writing the textbook so I can put it in my course material? Oh my gosh. When you take, well, it's like the big joke is like when you take the money out of everything, right? Then it becomes so easy because then it's just like, then we just get it done. You don't have to think about a business model. You don't have to, like, all you have to care about is like helping. How many people are we helping? And that's it. And um, I think that- But you got to get people to show up to support you. Yeah. Like you you can't pay people to be like, get it done. You have to be a leader. You have to- you have, to, you have to sell a vision with like no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Well, and this is what's really important. Is I think that for me, it's super important for me to be like consistency, like we talked about, right? Like I have to be the same person I am here with you guys as I am out there volunteering and in my office in all realms of my life. Like there's no room for fakeness here because that is the first thing that will tear apart your entire vision. And so I think that the authenticity part and the approach like how easy it is to approach me, whether you're a CEO of a giant company or you're just like a person who just graduated high school. Like I treat everybody the exact same, right? Because I want them all to feel seen and heard. And um, yeah, I just like love seeing people's eyes light up. That's, you know, when it like, like when it clicks and it's like, I have this idea and people just often lack the support. And so I think that's what mentorship really can do. You know, I wouldn't say that I'm like an official mentor with like an exact single mentee, but it's kind of like I have a cult and like I'm the leader and they, they can all come to me for advice or whatever. That's kind of more the model, but it's, they all feel comfortable sharing, you know, whether it's like concerns, whether it's, you know, things, criticism, even for like how we run stuff, like everybody feels like it's an open door. You can come in and you can give your idea because yeah, I don't know if this is the best way to do stuff. Like I didn't come up, you know, I wasn't born with the idea of how to start a thrift store, start a community fridge or start a website. Right. So, um, I think taking, yeah, taking the ego out of it and knowing that like, it's way more important for me for this to exist beyond me than it is for me to like have my name attached to it just really helps like keep things like on a good perspective for me. That's incredible. Um, And that's like, you just figure it out. That's what you're saying. Like you don't know how to do it. You'll like figure it out. You Google and grab a bunch of articles and see how, and this is actually the, I think the, I think that's a lot of humility. And that's something that we talked a lot about too, with this is that idea of showing up humbly asking for help what have you. Um, I would love to sort of test the hypothesis, Alice, with you. What do you think of the idea of mentoring as, as, and the connection it has to volunteering? Oh my gosh. I was going to say that like, it's funny that you guys have this thing because about three months ago, one my first boss that I talked about that, you know, like scared the shit out of me for so many years. And then now we're like friends and he's actually the landlord of the building that I'm in just to show you how important relationships are throughout your life. Never like X somebody out completely. Cause you never know. Don't cancel anybody <laughs> yeah, and try not exactly. to get canceled. Yeah, exactly. And so he was like, Oh, my nephew's in this like, you know, business class and he's in high school and they, they have an idea for like a mentorship website. Like, can you, um, can you talk to them about it or help them ideate it? And like, so you know, I heard their little spiel and basically like there's so much need for mentorship right now, like especially in this world where there's like 
so much access to information. Like it's almost like over information, like every blog post, I'm kind of like, oh, is this like real? Or did somebody like, you know, it, the authenticity part of it is totally gone. Right. And then you see all these people, there's so much competition. Like imagine trying to start a business now when you're like, oh man, I can see all my competition in one go, like whether it's on Instagram or TikTok or Twitter and versus 25 years ago, where it's like, you know, that pressure is not really as significant. Um, we, you know, we were talking to them about having people who can't really like, they don't want to commit to mentoring for a full year per se, but they're really problem driven, you know, and these are folks that have like financial, legal, entrepreneurial, like science-based backgrounds that would probably help solve a problem, but they don't want to be like attached to you for a full like year or two. And so the idea was kind of like a website, just like Airbnb and each card is like a, a, persons with a problem that they're trying to solve, like whether it's business focused or science focused or math or whatever it is, and then different mentors or people with expertise and it's fluid. Like anybody can be kind of like a problem solver or problem seeker at any time and just like helping them basically um, solve these problems that they may be having for their business. Right. And they were just like all the business people that we talked to were like, Oh yeah, that makes so much sense. Cause then I can just like literally answer an email. I don't have to like, I don't want to take somebody out, you know, I don't want to hang out with them for an hour, but I will tell no you one. why this idea like sucks, you know, or why it's really good or why, you know, you should consider this instead of this. And so I was actually like, this is a good idea. You should just, you know, now it's like ready to go. You should just build it and see what happens. Cause there was that, um, I don't know if you've heard of that website, thousand, 10,000 coffees or a thousand coffees or whatever. It's basically, it was a website designed to basically meet mentors. Right. But the problem again was like the follow through, like everybody's so busy and it was, they got a lot of people that were like, Oh, I work at Vogue or, Oh, I work at Google. And it was like, that's awesome. But like, if you don't have follow through, it means nothing. And then the website dies. Right. So this is why we were trying to think of again, this like version that's more succinct and just like problems and solutions based. And then you both feel good. You get an answer, you get like, you know, reputable men, you know, person helping you. Um, and then you and move it, on. And it helps with access too. I think, you Absolutely. know, the idea of you democratizing access, because obviously we both, you know, went to Tufts and there's a Tufts mentoring program and there's yeah. like a Babson mentor, you know, it's like, that's great for all the Tufts grads, but yeah. what about people who, anybody just having that, yeah. that open opportunity? Yeah. And there's also people from like, you know, considering like in Canada, we have like lots of foreign trained immigrants that come with like tons of knowledge, but like no work experience in Canada. So they can't get hired. And it's like volunteering is so important for that. And it's like, but somebody like that with so much all like a doctor shouldn't be volunteering at a soup kitchen to build up his resume. He should be doing things like mentoring other students who are in med school or people who are solving a problem. Right. Um, and there's not really an easy way for them to do that currently. And so it definitely helps build up their resume. It helps them build a networking over here. So it, if you talk about diversity and inclusion too, like it really makes an impact. It's a huge deal. And, and I love it too, because it's like fall in love with the problem, fall in love with volley because people can, you, you see through all the BS. It's just, is there a problem that you're passionate about? As we talked about earlier, you don't run out of energy if you're passionate about something. So exactly. of course, why wouldn't you show up for free yeah. and talk to somebody? I think that's what people always have in their mind. They know when you say volunteering, I think they're always imagining themselves behind the soup table yeah. at a soup kitchen with and people like, hate it. Yeah. And that's just it's, one small, very small part of it. 
I've had, yeah, we've, you know, our entire like store is run by volunteers, but even the sculpture park that I was at, that was like all run by volunteers. And so there's like a huge spectrum and people, there's a lot of people who, um, have different types of volunteering too. And you just have, and same thing, right? Different communication styles, different methods of how they like to receive feedback and stuff like that. So it's as the mentor, I think it's as much your job as it is the mentee's job to kind of like put that extra effort in and making sure that it's not one size fits all and that you are like more kind to the individuals, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm really drawn to a quote you had here, Alice, of when you take the ego out, everything is easier. Uh, yeah. Because it, it seems really simple, but it's, it's a very complicated beginning step that is fully owned by the individual. But once you do something which you have really like full agency over, you can then suddenly be transformed to help others in such a major way or affect others, whatever it is, everything becomes easier. So now that that's my favorite Alice Lamb quote, uh, (laughs) do do, do you have any specific uh, quotes or phrases from uh, mentors you've had in your life that have kind of stuck with you and that you repeat in your head? I think that something I always remember, and this is what I tell like anybody who comes to me with a project idea is like, it's okay to start small, you know, like break it up into your smallest chunk because people get overwhelmed with like, I want to start this nonprofit or I want to do this business. And then they're like thinking of the end already, you know, like the maximum potential of what it could be. And it's like, yeah, that would take a ton of steps and that would be really hard. But it's like, why don't you just, I, everything I do, I'm like, it's a pilot, you know, because you never know, like you want to be able to pivot and you want to be able to change and like, you know, make things happen based on new information that you're collecting and make based on user feedback. So you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket and put all these resources into this grand vision that you might even like in one year. And that's super important too, is like, it's okay to change. Like what's something that Megan told me um, as I was working for her and I was like, I'm not going to be working in marketing consulting for the rest of my life. Like, what do you mean? Cause she was like, people change careers at least seven times in their life, you know? It's okay to not And Megan like, now, as a fun fact, runs an amazing <laughs> real estate company in upstate New York, as well as Upstate Curious. She does a whole, yeah. uh, like, well, I mean, she's just a total, complete powerhouse. It's so her, too, you know, and it just, like, links everything that, it makes so much sense. Like, in the, on the I don't know, you, I don't know if you guys have done her yet, but it's just, like, it seems so, like, random, but it makes so much sense. It makes so much sense for her husband, Robert, too. Like, of course, like, he'd be this amazing designer and just having so much fun with it. But I remember just being like, I will never, I'm so loyal. I would never find another, there was nothing else that would make me happier than helping universities with their websites, you know? And then I started working, I, like, I didn't even mention how I worked at a senior's home for, like, a year between the... Bren White group and then doing real estate. And that was super fun. And that was, and I was like, this is, this is the industry. Like I want to be in senior housing, like this is it. And then here I am today doing something completely different. And so, um, don't feel like you have like your one career has to like identify your, your one passion. Like it's totally okay to like do other things. And I find that most of the time people who are risk averse or people who, um, would tell you like, no secure job security is so important or like, don't take the risk or don't do, you know, don't go for it. It's unfortunately it's people who didn't get support themselves, you know? And that's really sad to me. Right. It's like, what 
happened in your life to make sure you <laughs> so jaded. And so I never want to be like that to anybody because I remember how hurtful it was when I talked to people that I trusted and admired and they shut me down. And I was just like, totally gutted. You know, I'd rather let me try and fail. You know, let me just try and like, I'm not going to resent you, but I will always remember you telling me not to do the thing. And then I did it. So, (laughs) and then you have a chip on your shoulder where you're like, this is for you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's like, ha, it's like the bronze medal. It's like, ha, you thought we would never do it. And here we are. Oh my gosh, Alice, any quick advice for our listeners on how to get a mentor, how to find somebody, any, any tips or tips or tricks that you'd like to share? I think the people that I've always met, um, a lot of it was through volunteering. So like, you know, go out and find that cause that you care about and know that you can shop around and you can try different things and not every organization is going to have the right culture or the right setup for you. Um, but there's hundreds out there so keep trying and then when you're there I think it's just being super authentic and being like hey I'm a student I really admire that you've done this with your career or your education like would you want to talk one day similarly on the other side as a mentor like start like you know be observant of your environment and say like this person you can tell like after a while you start to tell like who has something and then you approach them and say like, I would love to share my story, but learn more about you at the same time, if you're interested and go from there, you know, you don't have to be like, Hey, I'm a mentor and I want to be your, you know, like it's door to door salesman style. Yeah, exactly. Like it could be a bit of like a car, you know, it's like being hit on at the bar and you're like, ah, like, no, thank you. Um, it's just like form that relationship organically. And then if you approach somebody, please like follow up and be consistent and like, don't ghost them. And don't like overpromise something that you can't really do because that is the worst thing is when somebody's waiting for you to like execute something or make a connection or refer you to something and it never happens. And both like the people feel awkward because they're like, well, I don't want to impose. I don't want to double ask them, you know, it, it, it just sucks. So it's just like, just follow through with what you're going to say. It's totally fine to just do nothing too. So yeah. Alice, I, I'm so impressed. Um, you have inspired <laughs> us. I feel like you gave us some really good mentoring advice about or some mentor <laughs> advice around taking it uh, one thing at a time and, and yeah. um, just to keep showing up for it. Thank you so much. I felt like Julie in the beginning of this episode, we were really giving uh, Alice her flowers, you know, the term like giving somebody their flowers. Really, as you said, fangirl fanboying out for how awesome Alice is and that inspiration around volunteering, how volunteering can lead right to mentoring. Volunteering is one of your favorite kind of metaphors around uh, mentoring. And what was really powerful to me was that in the beginning, when you do reach out to somebody and you have a compliment and you begin that relationship, that can't be a one-off. So you can't just give somebody their flowers and then not continue to give and continue to give to that relationship over time. It's not a one-time thing. And to me, that was really powerful to just keep in mind that, hey, you can be really excited about somebody, get totally pumped up, like I am excited for our next guest, a secret, uh, but you still need to then have a follow-up. It can't just be one time. Yeah, and the consistency. That's one of our main principles is consistency and showing up for each other over time because the relationship evolves 
it changes and um, being sort of honest and vulnerable too. Maybe you're going through something that you don't have as much time as you did before, but you know, just making sure you're communicating and being consistent. I think that's the key. So I love that. And I think she gave us some really good ideas on places to find mentors. And she mentions, of course, volunteering. So that's a great reminder of why uh, getting out there Getting outside of your, you know, your little bubble too. I mean, we've obviously been, I don't know, maybe we're rounding out of this pandemic and transitioning into the endemic. Um, but a reminder, like get back out there. You know, a lot of cities, I know obviously New York does, as she mentions, I'm sure Baltimore does too, and DC, et cetera. You know, ways to get out there and do some volunteering. It's a great way to meet people outside of your traditional circle. There's a, there's a classic, uh, you know, sports term about, uh, you know, keeping your job. And I feel like Alice flips this on, on, on its head. Uh, the, the term is ball security is job security. So if you fumble, you don't have a job anymore. You know, if you make a turnover in basketball, you're not going to have a job anymore. But I think Alice says it really well about job security that actually if you only stay focused, if you don't allow yourself to kind of fumble around and experience new things, that uh, you are actually in a more insecure place. You need to be having these different hydrogen bonds of relationships outside your organization. And volunteering is such a wonderful way to do it because all you got to do is show up and care. They don't expect you to come with any skills, just a half decent attitude. Totally. And for those of us who spend a lot of time doing very cerebral jobs where we're thinking and writing and all that too, it's sometimes just great to have somebody tell you what to do for two hours. Yeah. I just want to. I just want to remember what it's like to do food delivery, you know. And and there's a lot less pressure nowadays. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, it was so great, and it was just so great to hear from her. Of course, I was very happy to revisit my deep love of Lil Bub, the cat who is both a girl and is very special, and was quite a mentor. She had 2.3 million Instagram followers. Unfortunately, she's passed on. Rip, Lil Bub. But well, okay. So you're talking about a cat from yes. the internet. You want a social media cat to be your mentor for growing your profile. Yes, because to be honest, no, I want her to be a mentor because she had, a, she, you know, she had some challenges. She had some real challenges, but she was very accepting of people. And, and she became a superstar, which just goes to show, you know, you can start anywhere as a cat with a lot of physical deformities and have 2.3 million followers on Instagram and be an inspiration to others all over the world. Lil Bub, superstar. I know cats are not your favorite, so I can understand. You can you just have to trust me on this one. Okay. Well, I think this is your way of saying, Jimmy, read us out. So here I go. Remember, y'all, real relationships have the power to transform organizations and build dynamic cultural connections. So please visit our website for more interactive content at augmenters.us. Please like, subscribe, and most importantly, share our podcast with someone you care about. Feel free to drop us a line, questions, or suggestions via email, hi at augmenters.us, or find us on your favorite social media at AugmentorsHQ. If you want to help Julie and Jimmy in our mentoring journey, then please subscribe, because we all should ask for help. Thank you to our producers, Erlen Cato and Sean Omendam. See you later.